We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome to At Your Service. Brad Young in tonight for a truncated show. I'll be with you till 10 o'clock tonight. And, uh, and as you know, At Your Service means we are bringing you information that you want to hear. Uh, in a couple of minutes, we're going to be talking to St. Charles County Executive Steve Elman. Why, do you say? Well, because, you know, you've heard about the bipartisan infrastructure bill that was signed into law this week. But what will that mean for the St. Louis region? So we're going to talk to Steve, and we've got lots of news of the day uh, going on tonight. And uh, even though it's a truncated show, listen, if you want to give us a call when we're not in an interview, always love to hear from listeners. 314-436-7900. That's call or text. Uh, I've already gotten like five texts tonight, and the show hasn't even started. So feel free to text or call. We always love to hear from you. But uh, we also heard from President Biden this week uh, because he signed that bipartisan infrastructure bill. It was signed into law. And even though there are, I think, billions of dollars of projects in this new law that have nothing whatsoever to do with infrastructure, uh, setting that aside, there are hundreds of billions of dollars that are really just related to infrastructure and money will soon start flowing to communities across the country to build and repair and even to upgrade our nation's aging infrastructure. But some of that money will be coming to St. Charles County. So, again, I wanted to speak to uh, St. Charles County Executive Steve Elman to uh, have him bring us up to date. Hey, Steve, welcome to KMOX. Hey, Brad. How you doing? It's great to talk to you, sir, and uh, thanks for making time for us tonight. Sorry there was a little uh, uncertainty about the schedule because we didn't know when the uh, SLU basketball game was going to wind up, but thanks for being available. No problem. First of all, before we get into some of these specifics, do you have any estimates at this point in terms of how much money will actually be coming to the St. Louis region in general and to St. Charles County in particular? Well, not to, not to the specific uh, jurisdiction, but uh, but to the state generally. Uh, I've been told that there'll be a 25 to 30 percent increase in the amount of uh, of money that will come to the state of Missouri to be spent by MoDOT with the approval of East West Gateway. 
I mean, you know, that money has been available uh, for years. We get so much per year and we have to, uh, we have to match that with our own state funds. So that pot of money, which is what, uh, what we compete for the most in St. Charles County is going to be, is going to be larger. And that's, and that's the good thing about this bill. The, uh, the thing about this bill that bothers me is, is the rest of it. Yeah. And, and I mentioned that going in before we started the interview, uh, County executive, because there's a lot of stuff. There's, there's more pork in this bill uh, than in a McRib sandwich. And, and so, you know, there's just stuff in here that has nothing. And you're, and if you steal that line, you're going to have to give me credit because I, I did that okay. one myself. But uh, I didn't even steal it from anybody. But uh, uh, but putting that aside, it's law. I mean, obviously, we can the, the time to argue about what's in the bill is passed because it's been signed into law. But overall, there are at least some things in that bill and now law that's going to help uh, our St. Louis region and help St. Charles County in particular. Yeah. And, you know, the, uh, the interesting thing about this, I mean, I was very much hoping we'd get an infrastructure bill five years ago. Uh, I was hoping that the Trump administration would, you know, exactly. would do an infrastructure bill. And quite frankly, I would, uh, I would have much more confidence in the decisions that that administration would make with regard to how this money should be spent than I might with the uh, with the existing administration. But that's that's the real problem here. I mean, I really believe that the people best suited to decide how this money should be spent are the people at the state level and at the local level. And that's uh, that's that's a lot of it. That's we will get to make that decision. And we've got some projects here in St. Charles County. Um, these are the same projects that I talked to the highway department, uh, the highway commission a month ago, asking them to take the additional revenue they're going to have and, and, and do these projects in St. Charles County. Uh, if they don't, perhaps this federal money will, will get here in time to do them. But one of them, most of your, uh, most of your listeners have, have probably been uh, through that intersection at I-70 and I-64 out in St. Charles County. It hasn't been upgraded since 1951. I've been through it many, many, many yeah. times, and you're right. It's very, very antiquated. Very antiquated, and uh, that's that's our number one um, ask from the highway department and I guess also from these federal funds uh, when they come in. Now, re- uh, there, there's not been the money to improve that, uh, and we've been waiting for the opportunity to get that money, but we haven't just been sitting on our hands we in st charles county we went ahead and advanced a million dollars to modot about a year ago to go ahead and start doing the design and the engineering so that when the money did become available it would be what they now call shovel ready and we'd be able to start working on it wait wait let me get this straight we're talking to 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 st charles county executive steve ellman you you mean that a a County bureaucracy actually planned ahead and was efficient in terms of planning for future funds to be available. That's that's amazing. That's a headline right there. Brad, we've been doing that for a long time. We've been doing that when I was in Jefferson City and, and Joe Artworth was in my job. Uh, we advanced money to do design for the new uh, uh, Daniel Boone Bridge, which opened a few years ago. Uh, back uh, when they, uh, the Obama administration did the, uh, uh, the stimulus bill, uh, and that's when you first heard that term "shovel ready." <laughs> yeah, 
think I think that we probably the Republican County of St. Charles probably profited more than anybody else in the region because we had projects at that time. It was the phase two of the Page Avenue extension. And we knew there was not money in the state budget to do that. And we were waiting for the money to appear. But again, we went ahead and advanced money to do the engineering, to do the environmental. You know, a lot of this is the environmental stuff. It has to be done first. So anyway, to make a long story short, when that money became available, what, back in 2008, 2009, we, we were ready to go. And I think that's going to be an advantage for us now. We've got another project, uh, Highway N, which is at the end of the of Phase 3 of Page, which is still a farm-to-market road, but it's an area in Wentzville that's growing like crazy. Uh, we have gone ahead and paid to do the environmental study of that, and we're hoping to get that back soon so that this project also uh, can go to the front of the line when the money starts showing up. Well, I, I got to tell you this. My my cousin, who's more like a sister to me, she lives in Wentzville, and for years she would be telling me that she would never live to see the completion of the Page Avenue extension. And I said, no. I said, you're in, this is St. Charles County. They're going to get it done. And well, uh, if we had waited, <laughs> if we had waited for MoDOT to have the money to do it, it wouldn't be done yet. Yeah. What we did uh, 10 years ago is go to MoDOT and say, can you pay for half of it? And they said, yes. The cities of St. Charles County uh, paid for another one-fourth of it, a lot of it from from federal grants. And then the county road board paid for another one-fourth. So that's that's how we did it. None of us could have done it on our own, but by putting our resources together, uh, city, county, and state, we were able to get that done, uh, what, eight years ago? Yeah, that, and, and that's amazing because you, you're demonstrating that government can work, which if you look at Washington, D.C., you you reach the opposite conclusion anytime you look at what's going on in D.C., but you're proving, County Executive Steve Elman, that right here in, in our region, government can work. Yeah, I, I think it can. And, um, you know, one of the problems uh, that we had in St. Charles County, and the reason we had to do that is because, you know, 10 years ago, the uh, the Highway Commission realized they didn't have enough money to maintain the existing system and to build the new uh, roads that needed to be built. And they made a decision they were going to put money towards maintenance first. And, um you know, one of the, they didn't have enough money because uh, basically because people were driving less and the cars were more efficient, so they used less gasoline. And and that's an important thing to remember. In, in, in Missouri, we basically finance these roads with a user fee. And and that's, that's another important difference between what we do in the state and what they do mm-hmm. in uh, in Washington, D.C. They just put it on the credit card. But, uh, exactly. But be- because – that it's all we had was maintenance. You had more money uh, going, a lot more money going to the city of St. Louis than you had coming to St. Charles County, even though we had 100,000 more people, because the money was going to go to pay for maintaining the existing system. Well, for the 100 or so counties in Missouri that aren't growing, that's fine. But for a county like St. Charles that was growing, we needed to build those new roads. And that's why we went ahead and basically over a 10-year period contributed $120 million 
to build new roads in the state system. And that's money that otherwise would go to our, our local roads. But it was more important to get that state system uh, uh, functioning so we would be ready for the new people who moved out here. So e- even though, and again, I'm setting aside the uh, the complaints that you and I both have about the infrastructure bill being filled with pork. So I'm setting that argument aside for the moment. But when you look at the the beneficial parts of this infrastructure bill, combined with the increased gasoline tax on a state level, we're going to see some projects moving forward, things that we can actually see, experience, and benefit from in the near future. Well, I, I, I'm absolutely sure we're going to see projects move forward. Whether that, whether they're the kind we're going to benefit from is going to be up to the people making the decisions on how to spend this money. And again, uh, some of it's going to be done here locally. Now, I know, for instance, in, in St. Louis City and County, you know, I've read, you know, they want to go ahead and expand Metrolink. Well, Metrolink ridership is down 20 percent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if your business is down 20 percent, are you expanding it or are you uh, making changes to get it back where it needs to be? So, you know, I just. Uh, and those decisions you know, are going to be made. Yeah. Those decisions are going to be made from the East West uh, Gateway Council, right? On, on that money that's discretionary. But as you suggested, Brad, there's a lot of this money that's going to go into grants. And the problem with it is the, the decision on who gets the grant isn't going to be made by the uh, county executive or the state official that you vote for. It's, it's going to be made by a bureaucrat in Washington, D.C. Hmm. And, you know, the same sort of people that... Uh, that gave you know, us the loop that, trolley. Exactly. How many more, <laughs> how many more trolleys... How many more trolleys are we going to have oh, my goodness. before we can get money to put an extra lane of traffic on I-70? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was real trolley. real geniuses out there that gave us the loop trolley. Unbelievable. Well, you know, and again, uh, if you make good decisions, you get good projects. Um, just because the money's there isn't going to mean it's going to mm-hmm. be spent wisely, and uh, people just need to – be very cognizant of uh, what's being proposed and what's being uh, approved. And um, when when their local people get to make that decision, they have to go back and stand for election. But a lot of the uh, bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. obviously do not. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're, we're talking to uh, St. Charles County Executive Steve Ellman. And speaking of D.C., uh, obviously things out there move slower than molasses in winter. But when do you expect to see these federal infrastructure dollars starting to move into our region. Any estimate? Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even hazard a guess. Uh, you know, we've, we've had uh, money approved, uh, a lot of COVID money approved, uh, gee, six, eight months ago. We're still waiting for the guidelines on how we can spend it. Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, that's been, that's been at least eight months. Uh, waiting for the guidelines. We have some general ideas about how we'd like to spend it in St. Charles County. The council and I have discussed that, but we haven't uh, done anything final because we're still waiting for the for the guidelines. We don't want to spend money and find out later on it wasn't something we were supposed to spend it on. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, I'm much more optimistic that we can see results of the uh, increased revenue to the state much quicker than we can see the results on the increased revenue from the federal government. 
Well, I think that's always the case. I appreciate you taking time with us this evening. We've been talking to St. Charles County Executive Steve Ellman. Again, sorry for the scheduling snafu, but uh, thanks for joining us this evening on Camo X. Hey, I enjoyed it, Brad. Talk to you soon. Hey, when we come back from this break, what do you think? What do you think about this infrastructure bill? What are some of the projects, whether it's in St. Louis City County or St. Charles County, uh, what are some of the projects that you would like to see addressed by this infrastructure bill? $1.2 billion, uh, probably about half of that is legitimate infrastructure, probably about half of that is pork. Uh, That's the way things work in Washington. But what would you like to see happen? 314-436-7900. That's what at your service means. We're here for you tonight until 10 o'clock on X. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, welcome back to At Your Service. Uh, This is funny. I, I know that we think sometimes when we think about our traditional established institutions, we think that decisions are made like in granite filled rooms with leather bound chairs. You know, what you're picturing is the Supreme Court when big decisions are being made or the or the Oval Office in the White House or the Senate chambers or the House chambers, these big, majestic, established institutions. But I'm going to give you two examples to show you how that's just a myth, okay? And two quick examples, and I think it's funny to pull in different ideas that have a similar theme. Kyle Rittenhouse, obviously that's the the, the story of the day with regard to the jury still out. The jury's deliberating on several charges. The real question is, will the judge simply declare a mistrial with prejudice, meaning that if that happens, the, they, the state can't retry him. He's done. He's out and he's on the street and there's no conviction. And the, the judge could also order a new trial or the jury could convict and then on one or more charges. And then at that point, the case goes up on appeal. Now, I've got some thoughts on that, and I'll share those in a moment. But here's what I think is interesting. One of the 
one of the reasons why the defense is asking for a mistrial involves the evidence from a drone, video footage that the prosecution had from from a drone that was flying over Kyle Rittenhouse. And this is what I think is amazing, and I'm going to tie this into a different story in just a minute as well. But in this instance, what we have is is we have this drone footage that, and I'm trying not to get too geeky on you here, but the but the footage was about 12 megabytes was the size. Now, 12 megabytes isn't enormous, uh, but it's about like a, a couple of MP3 songs, okay? Could be about 12 megabytes. And that's obviously the more megabytes on a video, the greater the clarity and the clearer that the video is. All right. So under our legal system, if the prosecution has evidence, they have to disclose it. They have to turn it over to the defense. So in the Rittenhouse case, when the prosecution turned over the drone footage to the defense, they did it from cell phones. Now, here's the problem with that. The prosecution was using an iPhone, and the defense attorney was using an Android phone. So when the video was transferred from the iPhone of the prosecutor to the Android phone of the defense attorney, compression set in because they were dissimilar formats. Now, I know I'm getting it. I'm trying not to wade into the weeds here, but hang with me. Because when the video was transferred to the defense attorney, the video file was only 3 megabytes instead of 12 megabytes. So the defense had a fuzzy video, whereas the prosecution had crystal clear video. It's like the difference between if you had a VHS tape as compared to a DVD or 4K streaming. All right. And the difference was enormous in terms of the quality of the video. Well, the defense didn't even know about this discrepancy until the prosecution showed this, comparatively speaking, high res video of Rittenhouse during the riots in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So they filed just today a motion uh, to for a mistrial because the prosecution gave them faulty and defective evidence. And so what I thought was amazing about that was basically now the the Kyle Rittenhouse case is coming down to an Android versus an iPhone battle, and that's what's going to maybe determine whether Rittenhouse is guilty or innocent. Now, to me, that's just amazing because you don't think that that the most important criminal trial of the year at this point is going to be decided by whether they've got iPhones or Android phones. That's not how we decide justice in this country, but apparently that's how we decide this case. So we'll see how the judge rules. But I mention this because the other major, major issue today deals with the Biden vaccine mandate coming through OSHA. Now, if you've heard me here on CamoX or over on 97.1, I've been saying for 18 months that the federal government does not have the authority to mandate a vaccine. And I've gone over with you all of the legal reasons. I'm not going to dive into that now again. But I will tell you that the federal government doesn't have the authority. And the Fifth Circuit in uh, Louisiana 
district court agreed with me, and the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals agreed with me. Well, what happens is, is there were 34 lawsuits filed in all 12 judicial districts in this country. And according uh, to the Justice Department, or rather the, the court system that oversees all of our federal courts, whenever there are lawsuits filed in more than one district, all on the same issue, they have to consolidate them into one district for resolution. Because you don't want the Ninth Circuit deciding one thing and the Sixth Circuit deciding a different thing and the and the Eighth Circuit here in St. Louis deciding something else. So you've got to have, you have to have uniformity. And I'm going down this hole to, to, to give you this perspective. And this is what I think is just fascinating because we picture that these decisions are made in marble-lined hallways with big leather chairs and dark wood bookcases and leather-bound books from the 1800s. But do, do you know how the court system decided? Because all of those cases challenging the Biden vaccine mandate were all consolidated into the 6th District today, which is based in Cincinnati, Ohio, and it covers Ohio and Kentucky and Tennessee. But this is how they chose it. If you ever watched the lottery being drawn on a Saturday night, they've got the big air machine. It's like a hairdryer, and it's blowing out ping pong balls. Okay, well, what the federal court system did is they literally they had the guy who oversees the federal courts reach into a box and pull out a ping pong ball with a number on it with a magic marker. And that's how we the, all of these cases were consolidated into the sixth district. You know, not something that's been not something that that would seem to be a traditional in an established institution, but they're picking it with ping pong balls. And to me, I just thought, how ridiculous. We've got that, and then we've got the iPhone versus the Android battle that's going to decide the guilt or innocence of Kyle Rittenhouse. And it just seems like that that's unexpected. Both of those things occurred just today. So uh, I, I mention all this particularly about the court because of this, this point. If you agree with me that the vaccine mandate is unlawful, and that the government does not, the federal government, now state governments do have the authority to order and mandate vaccines. That goes back to 1905 in the case of Jacobson versus Massachusetts. So that's a done issue. That's a decided issue. But the federal government does not have that authority. And if you agree with me on that point, you're going to be happy that the guy who picked the ping pong ball that had six written on it, because the Sixth Circuit is a conservative circuit. In fact, of the, and I'm going by memory here, but of the 16 active judges who are appellate judges who are on the 6th District Court of Appeals, six of them were appointed by Donald Trump. Eleven of them were appointed by Republicans. Only five out of the 16 were appointed by Democrats. So I think the odds are in our favor, but it truly doesn't matter it truly does not matter how this gets resolved because we all know it's ultimately going to end up at the Supreme Court. And when it does, listen, I will bet you a BLT sandwich at Crown Candy that the Supreme Court 
probably by a six to two margin or six to three margin, maybe seven to two. It won't be any lower than six to three. We'll decide that the federal government does not have the authority through OSHA to mandate vaccines. Now, how am I so sure about those numbers? Because the same legal arguments exist in the vaccine mandate as existed with the eviction moratorium from earlier this year. You remember the eviction moratorium. That's when uh, Congress, under one of the COVID relief bills, said that people who own property, landlords, cannot kick out tenants that don't pay their rent because of COVID, all the unemployment, the financial distress. So when that bill expired, President Biden was asked to extend it by an executive order. He said in a press conference, back when he did press conferences, he said, I don't have the legal authority to issue an executive order to extend something that was mandated by Congress with a built-in expiration date. And then what happened? Well, our very own Cori Bush, congresswoman from the city of St. Louis, decided to have a camp out. So she got like a recliner and she set it up uh, a recliner on Capitol Hill. I remember she had a couple of bags of Doritos and she was live streaming uh, on her cell phone, protesting the fact that Biden would not extend the uh, eviction moratorium. So he eventually caved, issued an executive order through the CDC for all for goodness sakes, like they have a lot to do with rent control. And they issued an executive order stating that if you're a landlord, you cannot evict a tenant that doesn't pay the rent. Can't do it. That went directly to the Supreme Court and by, as I recall, I think it was a six to three decision stated that if 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 a federal agency exceeds the authority delegated to it by Congress, then that executive order is invalid. That's exactly what we're dealing with with the vaccine mandate. There is nothing within OSHA. That's my line of work. In my law firm, I handle a lot of OSHA issues. I deal with workers' compensation issues, and I represent employers. And so if you look through OSHA like I have to look through OSHA, you would know that there is nothing within OSHA that empowers that agency to issue regulations regarding an ordinary disease of life. Nothing. Zero. And so when the White House says, well, if OSHA can regulate hard hats, they can regulate vaccines, that is absurd. That is ridiculous because there are provisions where Congress has allowed uh, OSHA to regulate the use of hard hats. But Congress has never delegated the power to regulate vaccines dealing with an ordinary disease of life. So check me on this. Write it down. If it doesn't occur uh, the Supreme Court, when they decide it, it'll be six to three, maybe seven to two. And if I'm wrong and you call me on it, I'll buy you a BLT at Crown Candy. That's my uh, money back guarantee. Hey, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about Corey Bush because she landed in the news today again because uh, she's wrong more often than President Biden, I think. Uh, and we're, we're going to talk about that And if we've got some time, we're also going to talk about uh, a New Hampshire student, high school student, who is suing a district because he was suspended for claiming there are only two genders. Brad Young tonight at your service. If you've got some thoughts on this stuff or anything, frankly, 314. 
436-7900. At your service on KMOX, we'll be right back. I feel like I should be like uh, st- stating the, the singing the national anthem or saying the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> That's good music, Matt. Matt Pajeski's flying the ship, flying the plane here tonight, so thank you for that. Uh, one other thing before we get to Corey Bush. I, I do have to mention this, that that OSHA just today said they would suspend enforcement of the mandate, all right? But the court, the 5th District Court of Appeals in the 5th District Circuit Court issued a temporary restraining order last week. And the Bush and the Biden administration, I'm sorry, the Biden administration stated publicly that they should, that companies should ignore the dictates of the 5th District Circuit Court and should go ahead and enforce the vaccine mandate. Now, imagine if that were done in any other area. If, say, the courts would have said that the Texas abortion law, there was a temporary restraining order and it couldn't be enforced, and Governor Abbott in Texas came out and said, oh, just ignore the courts, the mainstream media would go berserk. And yet when the Biden administration told companies to ignore the 5th District and still proceed with mandating vaccines, it was not even covered, which to me was outrageous. Hey, Ken's calling in this evening. Ken, welcome to CAMOX. Oh, uh, thanks, Brad. Um, I, I just, you know, I've been listening on Wednesdays, and I just I just don't think I'm going to anymore. It, okay. Well, tell um, me how I'm wrong. I know you've called before, Ken. We've had oh, some good discussions. I'm not saying you're wrong. I, no, no, no. No, no, no. I'm... I, you remember me, Colin? Oh, sure, because you called up once and you said, uh, why is uh, Camo X becoming more conservative? Yeah, and, and I also brought up Tim, Tim Russert and asked if yes. you were old enough to remember him. And yeah. you said you did. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking at these issues tonight, just last 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. This uh, Mr. Elfman that was on, the Rittenhouse thing, the mandate. And, you know, you said, well, we might get lucky because if this uh, – We've got five uh, appellate judges uh, that have been appointed by Democrats and 11 by Republicans. So we should get lucky. I thought, that is so sad. It, it's not whether an issue is right or wrong. It's whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. And it's people like you that just, uh, I mean, there's no fairness at, at all. Every issue that you talk about mm-hmm. Your bias is just, uh, and it just seems like the KMOX would do something about it, but obviously they love it. <laughs> well, here's here's what I want to tell you, Ken. I'm, I'm letting you talk because my opinions are grounded in fact and in reason, not in bias. And so when I mention about the Democrats and the Republicans on the on the 6th District Court of Appeals, my point is, is that I'm trying to avoid uh, vigilante judicial activism, which is how we... That's how we got Roe versus Wade. There's nothing in the Constitution that talks about abortion. It was invented out of thin air, and that's called judicial activism. But if you disagree with me on it, let's talk about the points of disagreement, because I love discussing facts. So don't just say, oh, you're Brad, you're conservative. I'm going to stop listening. Tell me how you disagree with me, and let's talk about it. Okay. Um, let's take— uh... I mean, you only got five minutes, but I'll give you the whole five okay. minutes. All right. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the Rittenhouse thing and this okay. uh, megabytes and, and that. And I thought you did a pretty good job. Of, and I didn't. I'm not a 
uh, computer person, but you did a pretty good job on that. Thank you. I you am a nerd, by the way. I've got tape on my glasses. Fact, you picked that particular fact out, and it's a fact. Now, there's probably 10 facts against Rittenhouse that you could have used, and maybe 10 that are for Rittenhouse. Now, you happen to pick one that suited your bias. Are you talking fact? Yes, but it's the facts that you, that you select that causes me a I mean, it's always the same way. Well, I'm not saying you're, that you're not factual. That's okay. Let, you're, let, let, let you're me cherry respond, pick it. Let yeah, me I mean, respond you're, you're to that, completely. Ken. When you look at motions that are filing the, a motion for a mistrial, only the defense can file motions to, of a mistrial in a criminal defense case, in a criminal case. And so the prosecution can't file a motion to dismiss because they are trying to prosecute the defendant. So by definition, every motion to dismiss, every dispositive motion that's filed in a criminal case only highlights things that are beneficial to the defense because the state can't file that kind of motion in a criminal trial. So if I were to talk and spend the evening talking about motions uh, to dismiss filed by the prosecution, I would have to play sounds of crickets because there can't be any. So it's not that I'm being biased or that I'm selectively picking out facts. Those are the only motions to discuss. There are no motions filed by the prosecution. But there's 10 other items that you could discuss. doesn't have to be a motion, just things where controversy came up. And, oh, and sure. And I have talked about like that last week, but I, I brought it up because I thought it was fascinating that the, the guilt or innocence of Kyle Rittenhouse could come down to an iPhone versus an Android. That was my point in discussing that entire issue was the vagaries of technology, not so much whether Kyle Rittenhouse is innocent or guilty, because I don't know how the jury's going to rule. Yeah. Well, my, my feeling is you, you cherry-pick the facts and use them to your argument. But anyway, I know you're running out of time. Well, and, I, got you, I got another I minute and I'm, a half. I, listen, I, I got a minute, oh. a minute and a half. I'm going to give you all okay. the time you need to show that I'm not, I'm not attempting to have any bias here when it comes to callers. What other areas do you disagree with me, Ken? I'll give you a free reign. I've, I've got a break in a minute and a half, but you've okay. got the air. Uh, you know, let's just say that and I think you're right. I don't think there's any way that the mandate's going to go through. Let's just say that it does go through. Mm -hmm. What what happens next? I mean, how do you get people to get a shot? How, how, how do you do that? I mean, it just seems like it's it's a waste. Well, the states, that's how. Because, because I don't want the federal... I'm not opposed to a state government mandating a vaccine because they have that power under the 10th Amendment. But I'm against okay. the federal government mandating it because the federal government does not have the delegated authority to issue a vaccine mandate. And I'm always concerned about government that takes an action that they don't have the legal authority to take, whether that's a president mm -hmm. who's a Republican or a president who is a Democrat. Um, I was right. opposed to Nixon when he tried to weaponize uh, the IRS in the 1970s, and I was like 10 years old then. I knew that was right. wrong. Okay? okay, so to me, it's an what? issue of does the government have the power to exercise that authority, and if they don't, it's tyranny. Yeah. How much time do I have left? You got a minute. Okay, uh, on this uh, infrastructure bill, and I think you made the comment to that Mr. Elfman that 50% uh, of it is pork. 
Am I right in saying that? Yeah, and that's and that and that came from the uh, Republican conference that that stated that six hundred billion of it was actually infrastructure related. Okay, coming from the Republican. Well, Roy Blunt. Who was it that it came from? Roy came Blunt. From who nobody accuses Roy Blunt yeah. of being a right wing extremist. They certainly accuse him of being a Republican. Well, is is that is that something that someone should be ashamed of being? No, absolutely not. But it would his bias would show from that. Well, I, I know that there's there's billions and billions of dollars in the infrastructure bill that deals with things that have nothing whatsoever to do with infrastructure, like paying for free internet in rural communities. Okay, that's not roads and bridges. That's not infrastructure. But if you're getting your information from the Republicans, I, I don't. I'm not sure I would. You know, I'd put a lot of credibility. Okay. Like, well, now who's wait, wait, Ken, wait, Ken, Ken? Yeah, now sure. whose bias is being being revealed? You, so you think any information that comes from a Republican is by definition suspect and can't be trusted? Boy, that's a yeah. bias statement. It really is. Oh, and, and I'm okay. not ashamed, and I do not apologize. Okay, for that. well, and I don't apologize for, for my biases either. That's the beauty of talk radio. Hey, Ken, you're I, on the radio. I appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. We got to go. I really appreciate your call. I really do. Please don't stop listening on Wednesday nights because I love your calls. Brad Young on a truncated Wednesday night. Glad you stayed up late with us this evening here on At Your Service. Coming up next, I think we've got the best of Dave Glover, right? Uh, Matt Pajeski shaking his head. Uh, Best of Dave Glover coming up at 10 o'clock. So stick around here on 1120 KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.